slowly unspeakable that won't go away And just enough strength to live for today So I'll never have to worry what tomorrow will bring Cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on God Alright, you know it now, I okay, sing it really loud Here we go I'm in a fight, not physical and I'm in a war, but not with this world You are the light that's beautiful And I want more, I want all that's yours Here we go! Jolly unspeakable that won't go away And just enough strength to live for today So I never have to worry what tomorrow will bring Cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on God And the miracle of Christ in me Is the mystery that sets me free I'm nothing like I used to be Just open up your eyes, you'll see And the miracle of Christ in me Is the mystery that sets me free I'm nothing like I used to be Just open up your eyes, you'll see Jolly unspeakable that won't go away And just enough strength to live for today So I'll never have to worry what tomorrow will bring Cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God Jolly unspeakable that won't go away And just enough strength to live for today So I'll never have to worry what tomorrow will bring Cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on God I'm counting on Joy of people! Joy unspeakable that won't go away And just enough strength to live for today So I'll never have to worry what tomorrow will bring Cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on God There we go. Hey, have a seat real quick. We're going to get you up and down here real quick. How you doing? Good. Good to see everybody here today. I think you're there because I can't see you too well. But we're glad that you're here at Haven Community Church. And um, we got a lot of stuff today. Um, if you're visiting today, welcome. And after church today, we have 
Uh, church picnic. At down, everybody like church picnic? Yeah. Everybody like food? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we, we got a church picnic, and we are going to have food, and food is good, right? And we have plenty for everybody. If you didn't know, you didn't bring it, fine. We're going to meet down at Perryville Park for the young people or the young at heart. We got something else really cool, and you know what that's called? A bouncy house obstacle course. Yeah, the adult, some of the adults just got really, really happy, didn't you? So there we go. Can a grown ups get in? Yeah, sure. I don't care. Yeah. We just, and we have a, a deputy sheriff who's going to control it, so it's all good. Um, so we want, we want you to come on out if you can. It's an awesome time, but welcome to Haven Community Church. All right? So um, uh, as you can see today, we're down in our worship team. Wayne is uh, away for work. He's returning today. He's upset that he's going to miss, uh, miss the picnic, and we're upset because he cooks very well. Um, but uh, Wayne will be back. And then, on, um, and then we're also missing Jill, who's there, but she's got laryngitis. Um, so um, Jim has been praying a lot this week that uh, Jill would have laryngitis. Um, <laughs> but that's all good. But um, so we are, we are just glad that you're all here. So we, we're going we're gonna to worship some more. You ready? Stand on up, and we're going to start with a prayer. Lord God, we just come to you today. We thank you for everybody who's here. We just want to have an awesome time in you and connect to you. And so, God, um, as, we, uh, just, uh, as we just have a, a great time today, we just uh, pray that your Holy Spirit will meet us here. In Christ's name. Everybody says. Amen. Amen. So now you're going to have to sing really loud because we're down. We're down some people, right? So you can't, did you bring your singing voice? Everybody, let me hear you. La. Okay, don't. Um, but no. All right, just go ahead and just whatever. script. Here's something. How many of you cannot sing? Okay, how many of you are sitting next to somebody and you say they cannot sing, right? There, there we go. All right. So, but that's good. That's okay. Okay, Debbie's got two hands up over there. Okay. But that's good because the Bible says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say it has to be on key. So, uh, so uh, belt it out. Here we go. The everlasting, you are God. From everlasting, the everlasting, you are God. In holiness, you stand secure through culture shift. Unchained by all the vanities of men And as the nations rise and fall Your sovereignty remains You are, you are, you are the one true God Everlasting, you Love 
extends to times of turbulence, adopting those who call upon your name. Every generation joins in songs of faithful praise. You are. Let's hear it. You are. What is it? You are the one true God. Yeah. From everlasting. Everlasting. You don't know we have a drummer here. All right. Hey. Way to go, Justin. Spends all week with computers and then he comes out on Sunday to really nail it. Way to go, Justin. What a blessing Justin is. Awesome. So. Woo, you're not awake now. Somebody better check your pulse. You're dead. All right. Him. 
Lord God, we just come to you today. We just thank you for bringing us all here safe and sound. We thank you for a chill in the air to remind us that the seasons change, but you do not. And so, God, as we're here today, as our children after this, we'll go ahead to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry. And as uh, we, uh, the rest of us, hang out here, God, may you, ha- you have a word for each of us, and that's just to strengthen us and to help us get through this world that it sometimes, God, is just so difficult. Um, but we know that we are just passing through for our, our uh, relationship with you. For that, we give you praise in all things. And everybody said? Amen. All right. Before you sit down, say hi to somebody. Knuckle punch them. Not punch them, but knuckle punch them. All right. Um, if you uh, if you have some young children and they, and you don't know where to go, just walk outside. Somebody will direct you there, and um, and maybe the adults will come back. Um, hey, good singing today. Give yourselves a hand. There you go. God's happy. <clears throat> I don't know about the ones who raised your hand about the people next to you. Sorry, but hey, it's all good. All right, welcome. If you're visiting with us, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are glad you're here today. Uh, everybody's we're really thrilled to have people together, and that is awesome to be here today and, and gather. So again, if you stepped in before I welcomed everybody, today's our picnic at Perryville Park. How many have ever been to uh, the Perryville Park? How many have ever been to a picnic here? So see, there you go. You can combine them all. Some of you can do something brand new. We've got plenty of food for you all, and, um, and we'll have a great time. And um, there is the, the extra thing to draw you in, the bouncy obstacle course. Right. I expect to see Bob Ward on there. So just <laughs> he said no. All right. But again, if you're visiting with us, hopefully you received the card when you came in. If you take it to the back here, um, we have a small gift for you. Thank you for being part of the worship today. And, um, and then we also want to, uh, I don't want to be remiss, we want to welcome our online viewers. We still have many people traveling. We're holding on. That 85 degree weather made us want to want to hang on to summer a little bit more. But Uh, Here we are. So if you're traveling today, welcome. We're glad that you're joining us for online church. Um, We have several announcements on here. You can see these boxes that are here. Um, They are for Operation Christmas Child. Our goal was 250. I think we're a little bit less. Um, Last year, how many did we do? How many did we do? 150, okay. So I I one day just decided to throw out an extra 100. All right, so we're going to do that. Now, we also know that our kids, our Sunday school kids today, are going to be bringing, putting a lot of other boxes together. So at the end of the service, they're going to bring them in. But I will tell you, because some, of you, some people here are a lot like me, you forget things. Am I right? You can confess. It's okay. All right, so even though we've announced it for week after week after week, um, Liz, in her vast wisdom, built in an extra week. So she fooled you and said they had to be today so that you could bring them next week, okay? So everybody say, thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. There you go. All right, so you can bring them next week. So we still have another week. And you know what? Take it to your, take it to your, uh, your coworkers, take it to your friends, your family, and it's a great opportunity to give. This right here, each one of those boxes is all that some child around the world will get, the only thing that they'll get for Christmas. And we had the lady the other week that, um, from that and shared with us how they had to turn away ton, uh, tons of children because they ran out of boxes. 
don't, don't do that. And if you'd like to, I know you can also contribute here, and we've got people, if you want to um, contribute and go ahead. Some of the things is it costs to ship them, so if you help pay for the shipping, or it, we can get more boxes. Either way, okay? So, um, but thank you. It's looking good over there, and I'd love for the fact that you couldn't see me. I know you would too, but that's okay. All right. So, again, um, we have a couple other things. Our picnic, I mentioned that. Trunk or treat. October 28th. Looks like a lot of people signed up last week on the, um, on the um, chart that went ahead to participate in Trunk or Treat. How many have ever been to a Trunk or Treat? Okay. Um, it's really cool. You have a, your car. Some people, many people decorate them. They decorate them and they have candy and stuff in there. And we'll have it right out here and the kids will go through and there'll be some, the adults will dress up too. I told, promised last week there will be a Superman sighting. There's always a Superman sighting with the red boots, real red boots. Okay, so, um, so uh, it's a great time for fun. If you want to come and help and do other things, um, sign-ups are out back here. Go ahead and sign up, and um, we'd love to have you uh, connect and have a good time there. And you see the 28th, and we have a rain date for the 29th. So, um, but we've had enough rain. All right. Okay, um, I mentioned Operation Christmas Child. There are clipboards. Becky's holding on to one. Uh, Rachel's doing another one. Patty, there's one in front of you there too. It is for the Thanksgiving box drive. Um, last year, how many did we do again? 90. And what was our goal? Our goal was 30 for uh, Thanksgiving dinners, and we had 90. Okay, so we want to we wanna amp that up again. Um, so that means, that means nearly 100 people had Thanksgiving dinner because of your gratefulness. Go ahead. Yeah, we, um, we, the church set the goal for 30, and then we went to Walmart, and we got 90. So we're setting the church goal again for 45, but we'd love to have more than that. Right? Okay, yep. That's right. What we did last year, we sat out in front of Walmart, and people were just really gracious there. So don't think that people are just brutal. They're very gracious. So, so um, that, wouldn't it be awesome, 100 people in our community? That, are, that have Thanksgiving dinner as we sit down. So that's an awesome opportunity. Again, if you'd like to give to that, there's several different ways, and the clipboards will go around of things that you have. Paris Foundation, the Paris Foundation dinner. Um, our next one is November 20th. Um, so you mark your calendars. Um, we were there last week, correct? And um, great opportunity. If you don't know where Paris Foundation is, it is in Elkton, right by the pretzel factory. Everybody's like, oh, pretzel factory. Okay, so, but it's there, and they feed every night of the week. Um, and they've done, Mike Brandon's done an awesome job with that. And uh, Bonnie's not here this week, but you can have her, you have her information if you'd like to participate. And then again, we also had the flyers. We had them as an insert for the uh, ERS. Um, uh, Cecil County Health Department is putting that on. And that information is there for the 29th for anybody who would like to volunteer with some of the meeting ground or rotating shelter and other things. Um, we, we will have those. All right. Okay. Um, do we have any other announcements? Anything specific announcement-wise? We'll go to prayer list. Okay. Uh, Bill asked for prayers for Ray Caldwell, who's under the weather. Um, hope he uh, feels better um, with pain level and treatment tomorrow. He goes in, and we hope he finds relief. Um, so we want to pray for him. Joanna Shea has a praise. Thank you for everybody who supported her and for cards for um, her Aunt Shirley. I know she's in heaven, and your support made this a great experience and peaceful um, during her transition home. So Joanne asked for prayers. Joanne is on the praise wagon. Here she is. She's asked for another one. Praise. Uh, isn't it good that like, sometimes you have just like praise because we forget to say thank you and awesome and be excited. Um, and so thank you, uh, Haven, for allowing her the opportunity to go and walk to Emmaus. Walk to Emmaus is a, a retreat, um, that, a spiritual retreat, and it truly does change lives. I look forward to the next part of my journey. Thank you, Jesus. Stay close. All right. So we're glad that she's there. All right. Um,
Anything else? Any other prayers? Wow, you guys are all prayed up, huh? Awesome. Okay, so let's go to the Lord in prayer, if we can, right now. Lord God, again, we come to you today, and we thank you for just all the blessings that you've given to us, and for so many more that we just don't take the time to, to think about. And so, God, um, today, I just ask that you be with us, and you guide us for those traveling, that you're with them. And today, as we have our family picnic um, I just, I, I'm just grateful that uh, people have come today and that we're going to have a great time there. But God, yes, we also know that there are people who are struggling in one area or another, whether with loss of a loved one, with just, uh, sometimes life gets really hard um, and doesn't turn out the way we thought it might. Um, and so God, I just ask that you be with them. For anybody who's dealing with sickness um, or that are traveling, we ask for your traveling mercies upon them. In all things, God, we just want to seek you and connect with you. Um, this, this means nothing, this church means nothing, unless it's just the ability to have us uh, uh, do what you told us to do, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others. And so God, right now, as part of that, I want to just pray for the boxes that we're going to pray for next week, but I just pray for those that are coming in, the kids who are now anxiously putting those together, that these aren't just boxes, they aren't just filled with stuff, that God, those are things that uh, can connect someone across the world. One of the four billion people in the world that live on less than one or two dollars a day. And so God, um, <clears throat> as we learned several weeks ago, 500,000 people under the age of five will die today from malnutrition and other, other uh, preventable diseases. And so God, just help us be faithful to reach out and to change the world for you. We can't do it on our own. We don't do it by our own strength, but only by your guidance and your spirit. And so God, right now, for the many blessings that you've given us that we can be a blessing to others, I ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon the, the tithe and offering that you just multiply it to further your needs, not to, to build up a budget here, but to, to go ahead and, and meet the needs that you sought for this church to do. And for this, in all things, we give you praise in Christ's name. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> when the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required you search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart Now I'm coming back to the heart of worship Cause it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless world, no one could express how much you deserve. Though 
All right, at this time, um, one of the things that happened, how many have ever heard of Disciple Bible Study? Anybody? Okay. Disciple Bible Study was put together by a guy who was a pastor, who was actually a bishop in the United Methodist Church. His name was Bishop uh, Wilkie. And Bishop Wilkie um, made a statement. He, he felt that the church was becoming um, more and more connected from, disconnected from God, not just the United Methodist Church, but other churches. And when I was in the United Methodist Church, it was one of the most transformational um, studies that I've, ever, that I've ever seen happen. So last year, um, over, the, over 34 weeks, give or take, right, um, we, I, we went through with a number of people, um, two different classes, one met in the evening and one on Thursday evenings, um, and one met on the mornings, on Wednesday mornings. And so we had a number of people, believe it or not, who went through 34 weeks through the Bible. And um, in doing so, it's basically the equivalent of having two semesters in, in college of, in, in Old Testament and New Testament um, through uh, Disciple One. So um, what we're going to do, Debbie, you're going to come up. <clears throat> Debbie uh, Virgilia, our lay leader, is going to come up. And what we're going to do <clears throat> is we're going to honor them here today because uh, it's a big achievement, and we've had several who have done it before. All right. Okay, I did, was my breath that bad from back here, Lisa? Okay, all right. But anyway, so um, we are going to have, uh, we're going to give them a certificate and a pin to honor them. 
And I also know we had a class several years ago and we were getting in here that we didn't honor. So we're going to go ahead and dig that list back out and go ahead and connect to them later uh, as we do have, have some things here. So but we're going to honor these groups. So as we call your name, if you're here today, please come up. I know some people have to work or are away. Um, so first one, uh, Jake Allen. Jacob Allen? Is Jake here? He's working? All right. Um, Caitlin Allen or Kate Allen. I saw her. You can bring the baby too if you want. You guys want to see the, oh, no, he's somebody, no, not getting him. The baby went all the way through, all the way through. She's uh, all the way through the whole time, and uh, right before we finished, um, we had that little guy here with us, so it was, it was pretty awesome to have that. So, um, so uh, and Mike Berdenko, Mike, is Mike here today? Where's he hiding? Where's he hiding? Mike Berdenko, there he is, ladies and gentlemen, come on down, you're the next contestant on. Yeah, whatever. All right, here we go. Bobby Brickner, she doing Sunday school stuff? Okay. Um, Jana Brickner, she's in Sunday school, I think. Um, Bobby Burke is away this weekend. Ray Caldwell, we lifted him up in prayer. Uh, Suzanne Dexter, I see Suzanne. Debbie DiVirgilio. Ron Frederick. Is Ron here? He usually sits here. I don't see him today. Must be away. Carol Henson. Carol. Robin Hildebrand. I just saw Robin. Robin actually helped. Robin led the morning um, for Disciple. She led the morning Disciple group. So Robin, come on down. Right here. Terry Hollis. I saw Terry. Carol Ann Lewis. Jim Lagullo, Jennifer Lagullo, Danny Pilkington, come on down. Danny rarely ever said a word in Disciple, right? <laughs> Danny had a lot of fun. God will forgive us, okay? Bonnie Racine is also away. Um, Hope Russell, come on down, Hope. Joanna Shea, Bob Ward, uh, saw Donna Bill Wiggum, there he is, Jonathan White, I believe John is, uh, is taking care of, um, of the bouncy house for us, so that's where John is. Laura White, Laura here, she's taking care of the bouncy house still? Oh, pictures, oh, she's taking pictures of the bouncy, okay, here we go. All right, so here we go, um, here's the crew, so here we go, I'm going to hand these out to them, um, Kate, that's for you and, and Jake, thank you, uh, let's see, Mike, where's Mike, he keeps disappearing, where is he? Oh, is he he's serving, okay, um, let me see who we have here. Jana, that's funny, a lot of people are serving, they're in other areas. Let's see, I should have given them to you when you came up, shouldn't I? Oh, well, note to self. There you go, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. All right. Ron, Carol, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Robin had to prepare a lot and all that stuff. Terry. There you go, Terry, thank you. Carolyn, Jim. 
All right, buddy. Jim, my partner in crime today up there. Jennifer. Danny. Hope. How you doing, dear? All right. Here you go. Joanna. Man, you got praises all over the place. So you need to hang around Joanna. She's like, get some. Bob. Good, buddy. And Bill, who are here today. All right. Anybody, any of you guys want to say anything about Disciple? Sign up. Sign up. I mean, when you, when you first started off, here's the opinion. I tell people, so 34 weeks, we'll go through this. And you go, everybody goes, what? And you guys loved read all the, re- the short readings in the Old Testament, am I right? Okay, so there's lots of readings in the Old Testament. Um, but... Um, I think I can say this, and you guys can say yes or no, and we'll let you sit down. Um, after it ended, you missed it, don't you? You miss it. So, because they do, one of the things that we're going to do is we're adding Disciple 2. You do not have to take Disciple 1 to take Disciple 2. We'll have sign-ups. You got sign up somewhere? Okay, they should be going around. One of the things about um, Disciple, it does, it's not going to be 30-some weeks. It'll be in the 20s. Um, and... Um, lower 20s, um, but the thing is, this time it will take, it'll take uh, a couple of them, a couple of books, and you really dig in, Old Testament, a couple of new ones. It's a really good opportunity, and what's, the thing I think that's best about it, yes, they, I mean, ultimately, they grow closer to God, but to see the connection that people have with each other. I know some have, some connected for a time and had life, right? You had marriages, and uh, you had a marriage, and new houses, and everything, and, um, and uh, even though your name's not Ken, we'll forever call you Ken and Barbie, um, so, but Mike and them, they had a lot of, a lot of life hit, but other people uh, took part of, and it was just awesome having people, and I, so, Definitely do it. Definitely do it. It's an awesome experience, right? Yeah. All right. You two can start and be pregnant and have a baby by the end. Well, you know, that's the first time I've ever taught disciple that my wife was not pregnant during it. So I was glad to pass that off to Kate and Jake because I told God I would never teach it again if my wife got pregnant again for the sixth time uh, on this time. All right. So let's give them a hand and we're just excited that they're. Hey, he just said, Bob just told me I write like I draw. I resemble that remark. (laughs) Good morning. Our scripture today is from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, and 4 through 11. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. 
and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We all have questions. Questions like, why is it called a building if it's already built? Why is there no egg in eggplant? And do penguins have knees? But some questions are more important than others. Questions like, how do I hear God's voice? How can I deal with difficult people? What does the Bible say about forgiveness and heaven? And what's the answer for all of my stress? Every week, we're gonna answer your most asked questions and discover God's best plan. All right, ready for another question? Anybody enjoying this series? Okay, how many been there? We've talked about heaven, right? Remember, we talked last week about what do you do when you're hurt or when you've been hurt or offended. Um, anybody use that one? Anybody could, anybody could use that one? All right. Um, I'm going to even tell, I'm gonna, before I start today, I'm going to do this a little bit different. Before I start today, I'm actually going to tell you what I'm going to talk about next week because I, I think this one's um, one, of my, one of my favorites as well. How to deal with difficult people. Anybody have any difficult people in your life? Anybody want some? Okay, so, uh, so we're going to talk about how to deal with difficult people next week. But today, we're just dealing with some of the major questions that people have in life, and particularly about faith. And today, we're going to talk about what about spiritual gifts? How many like gifts? How many like giving gifts? How many like getting them? What's, like, what's some of the best gifts you've ever gotten? You guys have lame people giving you gifts then. What? What? You, a what? Oh, fur coat. I thought she said a burkett. Like a burka. I was like, oh, that works for you, okay? <laughs> yeah. Your children. There you go. Sometimes that is a surprise gift just to let you know. Woo, hello. There we go. Pentatonic, pentatonic concert, okay? Anybody else? A cruise. All right. I want to hang out with Patty. All right. Anybody else have, a, have another gift? What? Grandchildren? Yeah. Your wife, oh, is she in here? Oh, man, you said it and didn't get any points. Somebody record that and give it to her. All right, anybody else have any, any gifts? Oh, awesome, guitar, yeah. Yeah, you know my guitar up here? My wife was reading a book one time about how to, how to like, um, love your husband in, uh, in a godly way, and I called her and said, hey, there's this guitar, and it costs like, and she's like, okay, go ahead and get it. I was like, yes, keep reading, keep reading. I tried all kinds of things. So, so that was an awesome, awesome gift. Um, several, when I was a kid, I know Lisa's heard this a billion times, but when I was a kid, I got a Charlie McCarthy dummy. You guys heard that? I love that guy. I used it like three times. It's done with. Um, some other, what? You want to bring it? I'm gonna, uh, it's perfect time right now. Charlie McCarthy. Okay. I, and you know, I still can't do the ventriloquist thing. Hello. How are you? See, I can't do it. Um, I was so, I thought it would be so easy, but it's not. So, um, any, anything else? And there comes a gift. So we all, ha- we all get gifts. We all receive gifts, and we have uh, several things about this. Today we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. And this is one of those things that is completely um, messed up. About 87, when people were asking people in the church, they asked them, what do you know about, what, is, what are spiritual gifts? 87% of the people really did not know what they were in the church. So I want you to think about that. But look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be what? 
ignorant, or as some people around here say, ignorant, right? I don't want you to be ignorant about them. Why did they say this? Because they were. They didn't understand about it. And as we look at by statistics today, many of us in the church don't understand that as well. And so what we don't want to do, there's a lot of confusion regarding spiritual gifts. Um, so I'm going to start with today telling you what they are not, according to the Bible. And then we're going to talk about what they are as a whole big picture of this. The word gift is used throughout Scripture, but it's used in several different ways. And so we're going to look, at, first of all, at, um, hopefully you have your bulletin. If you have your bulletin, there's some blanks there that you can fill some things in. And if you're following along at home, you can do that. And we also will have the bulletin up. If it's not up now, we will have it up later. So the first one is the gift of eternal life. We kind of talked a little bit about this when we talked about heaven a couple weeks ago, right? The, uh, the gift of eternal life. And when we talk about um, spiritual gifts, we are not talking about this gift. This is a gift like you get for Christmas or birthday. It's free. Sometimes you don't deserve it. I mean, how many, how many of you were ever threatened that you would get coal in your stocking? Now we'd like that at the price of coal, right? We could trade that in and make some money. But um, we were told we were going to get that, and you got some good stuff, um, and you were thrilled to get those, uh, those good things. Uh, like my cousin still is jealous of me that I had the Millennium Falcon for you Star Wars fans. Um, I had that. And so we had some really cool stuff there. Um, so it's free. Sometimes you don't deserve it, but you just get it. And that is what the, the gift of eternal life is. Um, the corresponding Bible verse for this is in, from Romans, the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 23, where it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now let's break this down. What it says is if you even commit one sin, one thing off the mark, what you deserve as payment for that is death. You deserve to die. So something's got to change. Like, for instance, you can't just, if we just ask for forgiveness, it still doesn't pay the penalty or the price of sin. You with me? So it's like if I go ahead and I went to my neighbors and I punched out all their windows, I could say, sorry, just was feeling a little bit mad today, so I punched out all your windows. They might forgive me, but somebody's got to still fix the windows. You with me? And so that's what sin does. So sin, in a way, you can, you can punch out the windows in sin but, and, say, and be forgiven, but it still needs to be paid for. So who does that? Somebody has to do that. We learn here that the, it's a gift from God, a free gift in Christ Jesus of eternal life. He pays the price for those things, and that's the good news. That's the awesome news, and that's an awesome message, but we're not going to talk about that today, okay? Then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, here the word gift is used in conjunction with the person of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave to us. In other words, when Jesus was going to heaven, he said, hey, guess what? You guys can't handle this on your own. Anybody believe that? You can't handle it on your own? Right. You can't handle it on your own. So here's what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John was baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They've heard him speak about this. If you want to hear what Jesus spoke about this, John chapter, the Gospel of John chapters 14 through 16. And he said, John baptized with water, that was salvation. But in a few days, you will have a different experience through the Holy Spirit. And that's an awesome one to pursue, but that's also not what we're going to talk about today. I only want to talk about today one spiritual, the spiritual gifts 
And that's what this third one is, spiritual gifts. And it's very different than the other two. There's examples all over the Bible of this. And the one I'm going to choose to start off today is from Romans chapter 12. It's in your bulletin. And it says, um, it says we have different kinds of gifts according to the grace given to us. In your bulletin, circle the word gift and the word grace. Gift and grace. Because even though we have translated them as different words, they're one and the same word. Gift and grace. In this case, the term gift is charisma. Charisma. And the bottom word, grace, is charis. C-H-A-R-I-S. It's the same word with different applications. So now the question goes, as we look here, we'll make everybody nervous in a bit, we have different kinds of charisma, right? Different kinds of charisma according to the charis that we've been given to us, that has been given to us. So some people may ask now, are we one of them charismatic churches? And so here's where, here you go, you ready? I need Justin for a drum roll. All right, here we go. The answer is yes. Now, before you get really, really nervous, because I've had conversations with people, when you begin to talk to them, and they think that charismatic churches are ones that are going to open a box with a bunch of snakes and start dancing around like, whoo, I'm telling you, anything that has to do with snakes, Jack is not part of it. I hate snakes. I, I go back to the Old Testament where it'll crush their head. I hate them, can't stand them. They scare me. I, I get it, may get it from my grandmother who you show her a picture. She pee herself. I mean, you know, it's, I'm not lying, but I hate snakes. Anybody with me? Who are you who likes snakes? What is wrong with you? Okay, you just like, there's, there's something. We'll have counseling for you after church today. Okay. But snakes, I've never liked them. Never all, but you've seen them, right? Have you seen the snake handling church? I remember years ago, there was a guy in, that worked for 2020, and he was doing a, an expose on that. And it's near Appalachia in the hills. And he was down there, and he got caught up in it and started doing it. It would have to be the Spirit of God just to let you know to get Jack anywhere near a snake. I hate him. Okay, we got it. Jack does what to snakes? Thank you. Very good. So it's, um, and I can back it up with Scripture too. All right. So what we're looking at, though, charis or charisma actually means this. See the two words? It is a grace gift that we're given by God. That's exactly what it means to be charismatic, that a spiritual gift is a grace gift, something that's not deserved. That's what the, the inherent part of grace means. It's undeserved love. Like, parents, look here. Has your child ever done anything that made you a little bit mad? A little bit upset? Made you not like them very much? but you still love them? Kids, have you ever done anything in your life that your parents may not have liked, but they still love you? Now, kids, have your parents ever done anything that, that you may not have liked that was wrong, but you still love them, right? I think we're all in the same, same boat together. And so what it means is a grace gift. Um, and so by pure definition, we each, look at the person next to you and say, you're a grace gift. 
You're a grace gift to the church. It's not a natural gift, but one from God. It's a gift that God has given to us for, the fulfill, for your fulfillment to change the world. And I want to tell you, it's, it's easy for you. You say, wait a second, what? It's easy for you because although it's difficult at the beginning to use, it's something that you're passionate about, something you're motivated about. Like, for instance, I have always, I, I, I'm an extrovert. I like to shock, sit in for a little bit. I am an extrovert, and one of the things I have always loved to be around people, in front of people, et cetera, et cetera, always, all right? And I have just naturally, there's a part of me, yes, I went to school and grad school, and, and I teach and other kinds of things, but there's a part of me that really, really, I feel comfortable up here. I feel comfortable in front of people, always have. Always have. Um, and some of you, if I said, okay, come on up right now and give us a message, how many of you would be really, really excited about that? Okay. So how many, how many would, like, be mortified if you had to come up here and stand? You're not, some of you aren't raising your hand because you're afraid I'm going to ask you to come up here. I know. No, I wouldn't do that to you. Well, yeah, I would, but not today. Um, so some of us are just not gifted for that reason, right? We, it's not natural to us. Some of us do several other things. But we all have a grace gift, every one of us. God has given you a charis, whether you like it or not. The Bible builds on this in 2 Timothy 1.6, where it says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is where? Which is where? Yeah, fan into the flame, stir it up, dump spiritual gasoline on it so you fulfill your full potential and that gift gets its full potential. So when we look at this, and if all of us have this by Scripture, we all have this, this grace gift, this spiritual gift in us, why is there so much confusion and controversy over this? Because I'm going to give you a couple of these things really quickly because some Christian groups... Um, actually have a theology where they believe that the gifts of the Spirit were around for the New Testament, and then when the time when the disciples died and in what they call the early church age, that the use of spiritual gifts ceased to be. Miracles, prophecy, and other gifts ceased to exist. This is a theological term called cessation, cessationism, where the spiritual gifts have ceased, and that, and that because the Bible is compiled, they believe that it's no longer needed. The Bible never says that. Jesus said, actually to his disciples and to us, that you will do even greater things than I have done. Stop. Jesus did some really cool stuff, right? Like, what, what are some cool things Jesus did? Water into wine. There's somebody who wants some wine. There we go. All right. Hallelujah. All right. What else? Healing. Raise the dead. Walked on water. How many, how many of you who have families would love to multiply your food, like your little loaves and fish, and feed thousands, right? That'd be a really cool trick, right? He did some really cool stuff, and he said, you will do even greater in my name. That doesn't seem like he says, you'll do it until, eh, and then you'll be gone. No, he said, you'll do this, and even greater, even, even greater. It's kind of like, um, you know, as you're, as you're looking at this, uh, you know, what I believe is the great physician never meant to close his practice. 
He began something and he wanted to go ahead and continue to expand it and expand it to the point where there's millions and millions of people around the world who call themselves Christians. I think many people come up, why do they come up with this cessationist theory? Because I think some people actually can't, you know, because one of the things that we do is when we pray for some people, God doesn't answer through the miraculous like we want to, that they get well and they get healed. Sometimes when we pray for somebody who's just a complete imbecile and makes our life hell all the time, and we pray for God to change them, and God doesn't change them, sometimes maybe God just wants to change us and our heart toward that individual. And so sometimes the miraculous we don't see, other times we do, and so we're dealing with a struggle. Why didn't you, why didn't you heal my husband or my, my wife or my child? Why didn't you do that? And so I think some of that is, well, maybe those gifts are for the Old Testament, and that's how we are for the, uh, the end of the New Testament. So that's the first thing. The other one is not, it's not really about, based about the spiritual gifts, but primarily one that makes people a little bit nervous. Makes people a lot nervous. And that's the gift of tongues. Anybody heard that one? There's been more controversy in the church over tongues. And, uh, and sometimes, you, I remember I w- we went to, as a youth group as a kid to this Pentecostal church. They, I was waiting for the snakes to come out, and they didn't, thank God, because I would have been out the door. But I remember there's this big guy. He was like, he was dancing around like this. He was sweating, and I, I was like, I was going to get some of the sweat. You know, he was just dancing around. I'm like, this guy's going to have a heart attack, you know. But it was not boring at all. Nobody was sleeping in church. You know, this kind of thing. But... And they started speaking in tongues and stuff and, and everything, and some people were really, really freaked out about it, you know? But, you know, some people go say, okay, mercy, grace, faith, prophecy, but not that tongue stuff. That's too weird, okay? And we get caught up in this. So what I want to say about this, I just want to say, ultimately, don't ever put God in a box. Don't ever tell the creator of the universe that he can't. All right? Um, Don't be afraid of anything that God has created. Don't disparage anything that God has created. And don't let the world and their misuse of things keep you from the things that God wants to give to you or has given to you. I mean, that's a simplistic thing. Anytime we say God can't, we we limit what God can do in our lives. And so we should always say God can, no matter what, and sit back and watch the show. It's really fun. What is it? What does it say in the Bible? The Bible says, eagerly, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. It's like being, going to Christmas, and you have a whole pile. How many of you have like, a, like this over here? You have a whole pile of packages. It would be like, if this was my Christmas gifts, and I went over and I said, uh, I just want this one. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want this one. This one's mine. But Jack, all those are for you. No, I just want this one, because I'm, I'm afraid what's in those. I don't, I don't, I don't, I I got this one because I know what it is, but I don't want that. And so that's ludicrous. My kids rip open everything. If it's socks and underwear, they go and throw it to the side. But guess what? Nobody, as a kid, I never went, woohoo, socks and underwear, yes. Yes, 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 yes. But I'm telling you, if I don't have socks and underwear by middle of the year, I'm going to be upset. You need the socks and underwear, am I right? As a dad, you kind of want something different, you know what I mean? But, but, you know, we need those things, no matter what the gifts, we need all those. So what the scripture says, it says, eagerly desire, chase after the spiritual gifts. Pray for the gifts every day. The third thing is the way people view church and church leadership. In the Old Testament, it's really interesting, and it's good that we have disciples, because I could quiz them today. But in the Old Testament, there was this order set up that there were priests, And priests went on behalf for the people, 
And they went into where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the presence of God was, where they, sa- they had a sacrifice, and they put that up for the, for the people and for the prayers of the people. Right, disciple? Okay. So in doing so, this was set up. In the New Testament, through Jesus' crucifixion, we actually learn that the curtain, and my father gave a sermon earlier in this year, but the curtain was torn in two, and it was really thick, about six inches thick. It was torn from the top to the bottom, saying that now God is with his people. So we don't have to go through a, a rabbi or a priest in order to have this um, forgiveness because Jesus took care of it once and for all. So basically, everybody now has access, every believer now has access to Jesus Christ, to God through Jesus Christ, through the pouring out of his spirit through everybody. So when the New Testament um, and early church ended, guess what happened? They decided to set up the same environment and they gave people who were pastors and laity, they had two terms that aren't even in the Bible clergy. Anybody ever heard clergy? They look for it in the Bible. You won't find it anywhere. They set up clergy who were this special group of people who were ahead of the people. And then you had the people who were the laity. Neither one of those terms is anywhere in Scripture. Nowhere. Nowhere anywhere. So then what happened is in the the, uh, 16th century, 1500s, you had what was called the Protestant Reformation. I'm going to test your history now. Anybody heard the term Martin Luther? Not King, but Martin Luther. Martin Luther went and nailed 95 theses, 95 problems that was going on with the church. You had other people named John Calvin and Holdrich Zwingli. And they fought against this idea because they began to read Romans and they saw that, that they came up with this concept that they saw from there that we are the priesthood of all believers. We're the priesthood of all believers. That everybody has access. And actually Martin Luther and... And John Calvin and others were sought out to be killed by the organized church because it was a threat to the power of those who were priests and those who were laity. They actually translated the Bible into Latin so that the common people could not know what it was. The first person who translated into the language of the common people was killed, John Wycliffe. Can you imagine that if I went and gave you a translation and you, somebody killed me because of it? We don't think of that as much today. And guess what happened? After they set up all these Protestant groups and you had other groups that branched off in Protestantism like the Methodists and others, then guess what they did? Protestant denominations began to set up clergy and laity and began to set the separation again. Every time that we have have an awakening of that we are the priesthood of all believers, look at the person next to you and say, hi, priest. Okay? Every time we do that, we set up this organizational part of it that separates us once again. Like, for instance, throughout, throughout 20 years of ministry, one of the things I've seen is one of the biggest challenges is people will look at me and go, well, you're the preacher. You're, you're, you're the one that does the God stuff. Go for it, right? It's one of the biggest challenges. Um, when, if you're in a group and it's time to pray, everybody goes. Who would like to pray? Well, I'll pray, and the preacher's here. Right? I remember as a kid, I, and I grew up as a preacher's kid. You got it then, too. You know, it was like, we're going to be in a group, and we would all grab hands like this. And in youth group, they'd say, if you, don't ha- if you don't want to say anything, go ahead and squeeze the hand next to you. And there'd be one person who would start, and they'd say, okay. And then they'd stop, and then it was like, it was like breakdancing. You know, it all went all the way back through. And then everybody goes, Jack? You know, Jack, you'll close for us. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm like, 
It's like I've got this special connection to God. I am super prayer or whatever, you know, because I'm the preacher. I'm the one who does that. Nobody, nobody does that. Like, for instance, people will say if something's going, like, I've been just in places and in the vernacular. We'll be watching an Eagles game. Okay, at 12 noon today, at 1 o'clock. Um, okay, but we'll be watching the Eagles game, and they'll be doing awful, or it'll be a, a really bad play, and somebody will look at me and go, pray. <laughs> I said, I've been an Eagles fan for a long time. I don't think God's listening. <laughs> All right? So, I mean, <laughs> but it's, what I'm saying is people look at, or, or, or playing golf. You know, I, there was a time that I was really good at golf. I, it was before I had kids. I was really good. Sometimes I was in the 70s and 60s, and then when it got colder, I went inside. All right. Uh, sorry. Did I'm dumb. Okay, there we go. Where's Justin today? We need him back up here. But, like, you, you'll, be, you'll be playing, and all of a sudden, like, a storm will start rolling in, and we're not done. People go, Jack, what? Get on the phone. What, you want pizza? No, no. Look, a storm. Call the big man upstairs. I'm like, what, do I look like a walking connection to God here? Am I? Is that who I am? But that's what happens in life. And you know, what I'm going to start doing, and I've, I've been developing this more, is when somebody says that, I'm going to say, you're the preacher. You are the preacher. Because, you know, what, what it means is you're the preacher. Historically, what that means in the Protestant faith is that go ahead and give me a good sermon on Sunday. Go say hi and visit some people. Early on, when I was early in ministry, go ahead, stop and visit some people. Say hi, how you doing? Check in on them. Now people freak out when you come in because they think they're dying or something. Uh, and then, then I want you to give me another one on Sunday so I can say, good, good preacher, good, good sermon preacher, go ahead. Like, what do you say if it's not? That, that really stunk, man. What the heck were you doing all week, right? Deal with that for your life, Okay. The bottom line is you are the preacher. Look at the person next to you and say, you're the preacher. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, and he gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the what? Perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry for edifying and building up the body of Christ. My goal has always been, and it's now at this point in my life, as I recognize statistically I have less ahead of me than I have behind me, my goal is that is to help you find the gift of God in you so that you can be the best preacher you need to be, so that the capital C church can be the church that Christ wants and that this world so much needs. One of the things that we find out, and, and disciple will tell you, one of the most powerful things at the end is when we do spiritual gifts that other people have recognized in us at the end. It is one of the most emotional and powerful things I've ever been part of. So what about the spiritual gifts? Look at what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful, or I like the translation, his marvelous light. I'm not a preacher. You are preachers. You're all priests. A royal nation of priests. So what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is this. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural. It's not a natural gift. Supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that, what's this word? What is it? Together they can advance his purposes in this world. It's a supernatural. 
gift. And this is God's hope. God's hope is that we will lean on him and that we will become together in order to accomplish his purpose in the world. I truly, truly in my heart of hearts believe that one of the main problems in our world is that the church, capital C, the body of Christ, is so segmented and not together. And so we aren't connecting. We would rather talk about disagreements about baptism, about tongues, about uh, who's right, who's wrong, about what we need to wear, whatever, besides the plight that exists in the world. I believe that if we really took Jesus seriously and worked across our lines, uh, and denominational, and, and you know, even if we're non-denominational, or whatever we have, that if we worked across those lines all for the sake of Christ, that maybe there wouldn't be four billion people that are hungry and living on $2 or less a day. I know it's the mantra that I have, but it's real. It's real that we have. That when we have the picnic today, which is awesome, that we recognize that that would be more food than most of the world has in several years. As I said, this is God's hope, and around 87% of the body of Christ don't know what the gifts are. And maybe, just maybe, that's why we're just functional as a church body. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 14.1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual guests. Run after them, search after them, want them. And so what I want to do with the remainder of the time we have today is I'm going to give you three areas of what I believe that we do with this. Number one, discover the gift God has given you. Discover the gifts that God has given me. In other words, we need to go on an explorer mission. When Melissa and I ever go someplace, it's kind of like amazing race. We never plot it out. Some of you here, when you go on vacation, you plot out everything. We'll counsel with you along with the snake people after church. But I, I like to, we like to go on amazing race and like just figure it out. And it might get us one day, but it's, it's kind of fun. So um, we need to discover them. You need to go and you need to find out. But I will tell you some hints. It's something that God wants you to have and it's something that you're passionate about. God, if you are doing something for God and, it's, and you're, not, you're not being lifted up by it, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough times from the outside, but if there's not something in you that is just like, yes, then you're in the wrong spot. That's not your gift. Like, for instance, I can tell Teresa loves the youth. I can tell that's her passion. To some of you, if I said, you have youth group this week, you're going to bring a whole roll of duct tape. <laughs> Am I right? And you're going to have peace and quiet, and that's how you're going to work, and then you'll be arrested afterwards. But anyway, some of you, that sounds like hell to you, because you know why? That's not your charis. That's not your gift. Others of you say, man, that sounds good. I'd like to be involved in that. It's something that God made you for. Look at what it says in your... In your uh, Bulletin are on the screen. Psalm 139, for you created my inmost being. In other words, God, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my passions, you created all of that. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Anybody ever seen anybody knit? It takes a while. It, they'll do it, and then when it's not right, they'll rip it out, rip a whole bunch out, and they'll start again. It takes patience. It takes skill. It takes a, a larger view of what it's ultimately going to be, because if you mess up here, it's going to affect the whole thing. God knit you together. Look at what it says here. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This is the psalmist writing about himself. He says, I am good. Woo! It's, he's looking in the mirror going, look at this. This is awesome. God, you made some good stuff here. 
dang, God, this is, I say that too, but I'm like, God, could you do something about the love handles? I mean, you know, but hey, I'm good, God. You made something awesome here. You made something really cool here. All the days adorned for me are written in your book before any one of them came to me. In other words, God's not just throwing stuff together and going, what am I going to do with this? That when God is putting you together, that he knows the purpose that he has for your life. That God knows what you are created to do, and he's inborn this charis that is going to come to fruition when his Holy Spirit connects with you. And so God knows what your gift is. Before God ever knit one pearl two with me, he knew that one day he wanted me to, to be a pastor for him and to speak for him, right? In other words, what you see is this. Our design reveals our destiny. Or as in philosophy of religion says, that purpose implies intention. That I have a cell phone, and my cell phone had people take multiple different parts and put them together so I can call and I can do whatever else I can with my cell phone, right? There's a purpose for that put together. And so you were designed for a purpose. It's kind of, and, and I'll show you, I want to display to you how these gifts work. For instance, today, let's say you're at the picnic and you have a, somebody has a big plate of food and they spill it on themselves and all over the ground. The gift of mercy is going to go, oh, are you okay? Oh, are you, are you sure you're okay? Right? The gift of leadership is going to go, and administration, okay, you get the mop, you go ahead and get, get you know, bring the trash can over here, you get this, you, get, you help here, they're going to start ordering people around to get stuff done, right? That's the gift of leadership and administration. The gift of serving is not going to say a word, they're going to start picking up the plate, right? They're the ones who aren't going to say a word, just going to be boop, 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 like this. The gift of teaching is going to say, now look, if you see here, the plate is round, and so you need to put that right in the middle. And if you put that and you balance all your food around that, not load it on one side, then, then it won't happen again, okay? So I want you to go ahead and look at that. They're the people who want to teach you everything. Anybody know them? Anybody sit next to one? Just wink, all right? Exactly. They are the teachers. If you are the pastor, the pastor is going to tell you, when you have too much on your plate, this is going to happen. And so you need to not have gluttony in your life. You need to take all things in moderation. You can go back. Because I want you to, to go and not pile your plate up no more. Right? You know, so we're going to teach you for future area to lead you into a greener pasture. They want to instill change in you. Exhortation is going to say, don't worry. There's a hero inside of you. You're just a champion still. Go for it. Woo! You may have made a mess, but God loves you and created you. Come on, buddy. I'll get you another plate. Come with me. Right? They're going to be those type of people. And giving is going to say, here you go. Have my plate. See? You see how that's displayed throughout, throughout the giftedness? And we need them all. We all see the same thing, but we all see it differently by the gift, the chairs that it has. I want to share something with you. We as a church are not going to change the world by my preaching. We're not going to change it by our music. I, you know, I can't wait till Wayne's back, you know. But we're not going to change the world by our music. That's not what's going to happen. We change the world when we discover our gifts, our cares that God has given to us and designed us for, and we become who He needs us to be. That's number one. Number two. We embrace the gifts that God has given us. Sadly, sometimes we covet or desire other people's gifts. Man, I wish I could 
thing like that. Or man, I, I would love to go ahead and that. And that's wrong because God has given you a specific gift for your purpose. And nothing is worse. Anybody ever been in a sermon where somebody who should have never been up front speaking was? If you say me today, I'm going to beat you. No, I, right. But you know, you know what I mean? Have you ever been in that environment where they say, oh, so-and-so loves the Lord and he wants to share it and they go ahead? I remember going to a, um, a church at a time where they would let anybody sing. That is not good. <laughs> I, I, I said the joyful na- the noise at home, but then there's something about going to your prayer closet. Maybe you go to singing closet. I don't know. It was bad. I'm like, and, and people are like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, Really? I had my ears checked. It was awful, awful. And it's kind of, I'm sorry, sometimes it's really hard to worship God when something is awful. I remember that there was, a, there was a guy who spoke one time, and he lambasted everybody in the church about everything. And you're like, really? I feel a lot further away from God now. Some people aren't supposed to be, supposed to be anything. Some of you, if, I, if you were in Sunday school, you would like leave and your head would explode because that's not where you are some of us also don't embrace our gift because we have such a horrible self-view of ourselves there's so many of us today that have such a horrible self-view of who we are that we say no way god can use me in that manner romans 12 3 through 6 says do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all have the same function so in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others for we have different kinds of gifts a couple words that I want you to look at highly sober and faith highly the word here does not mean like oh, I'm the stuff it can, but it means an improper view. Hyperphroneo is the word in Greek, and it actually means to, to be overdisposed. So you could think of yourself overly awesome, or you could think of yourself hurt and low. The other word sober means, it's soberphroneo, and it means to have the right mind. To have the right mind. It's the same thing that Jesus did when he had the, the man who was the demoniac who he, he released from the demons who was cutting himself in the, in the tombs and it says he was sitting there in, uh, in Sopraneo in his right mind because he was healed. How was he healed? Through faith. And faith is having the assurance in someone who has the right view of you. So I want to give you this verse and I have it in a new translation. It's called the JCV, the Jack Cohen version. All right. And I just want to put it up here. There we go. Don't have an unhealthy view of yourself, but rather be set free from the wrong view and let God give you the right thinking by being assured of who he is and what he believes about you. That's the only verse I have in the JCV, but there it is. All right? And you need to just be set free of what, what you think you are and rather think about who, who God knows you are. And our last thing today use the gifts. It's great if you discover them and embrace them, but if you never use it, it's not going to make a hill of beans different. The ultimate goal of ministry and the ultimate goal of why I ever do what I do is so that you will become the the preacher that you need to be, that you will become the priest, that you will go on this ultimate journey to discover, embrace, and ultimately use what God has given for you. 
that you, because ultimately one of the things I have to do is get you ready for eternity. And two weeks ago I spoke about heaven. And I believe there's two questions that the believers, that people are going to have to ask when they go to heaven. Number one, that God is going to ask you, what did you do with my son? What did you do with Jesus? And I'm going to tell you the wrong answer is I sat in Haven Church and I heard a lot about him. The wrong answer is that I went to whatever, I went, I went to um, Catholic school and grew up and I, I learned about him. The right answer is this, I gave him my life. I gave all the mess it is, I gave him my life. And the next question that they're going to ask is, what did you do with the charis, the gift I gave to you? And the answer is, I used it for you. It's what 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And you want to say, I managed it. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. You want to say, God, I used my gift so that your generosity can flow through me. So what's your next step? Your next step is growth. Growth and connection. I was just thinking about this and I kind of came to this vision as we close down. The praise team can, come, can make their way up as we begin to go here. But I had this vision of that, you know, some of you may have come from a church. You remember back in the old days they'd have testimony time? Anybody ever part of a church that you had testimony time where they pass around the mic Everybody say, we used to do that during our prayer time, and that used to go on for like three hours. You know, people would do that. And so you pass it around, and I had this vision of, it was like Haven Church, but it was different, and there was a lot of, there was tons of people there, and it was starting in the first row. It may have been, hey, I'm Rachel, and, and she may have begun to say, you know, I'm, I'm a priest, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and my gift is, my gift is mercy. I hurt where others hurt, and I'm going to be there for them, and I'm going to help the helpless. So that's my gift. And she says, and that's my gift, and I'm, I'm good with it, and I want to serve, I want to use it for God. And then the, it would pass to somebody else, and it might have been Billy, and Billy says, hey, my gift's uh, administration, and, and I serve on the leadership team of the church, and I, I go ahead, and I help administer, and I, I help with the counting, and, the, and I help with the, the fundraising, and I am a priest, I'm a preacher, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and with that, I serve with my gift, and I use it for the glory of God. And some person may say, then it might have been um, Martha. Martha says, hey, my gift is technology. And um, you never see me because I'm shoved in the back somewhere. And you never know. And you never look back there or anything except for when something's messed up. And so I, I may go ahead, but I can tell you, I, I, I am a priest and a preacher. And I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And my gift of technology that I use, I use for the kingdom of God. And you wouldn't know the words to the songs if it wasn't for me. And then there's a teenager, a teenager who says that, you know, hi, my name is uh, Michael, and, and I am a, I'm a priest, I'm a preacher, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and my gift is evangelism, and I have such a heart for the people, my friends, who are just throwing their lives away with so many other things, and I have this heart for them, and, and I want to use my gift of evangelism by starting a small group at the school for them to come to know Jesus in some way. And somebody may say, hey, I'm shy. I'm, I'm, I'm shy. I'm not even going to tell you my name because I'm so shy. And, and, but I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm a priest. I'm a, I'm a preacher. And, and I use my gift of being shy to go ahead and, and meet one-on-one -on -one and encourage people with whatever I can do for them, with cards and notes. And so what I've decided to do is to go ahead to a nursing home and go and, and hug and pray for people who don't receive that at all. And then an 80-year-old woman said, hey, you know, I am a priest, a preacher, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and I'm lonely, 
And you know what? I use my gift of loneliness because I have a lot of time. I use it because I believe I have the gift of intercession. And so what I do, the church gives me, all, I get the prayer requests from Debbie and I go ahead and I take them out and I pray for everybody. And I spend a lot of time doing that and praying that their lives may be changed by Christ. And I use that. And I use those urgent prayer requests in order that God may change and use me to bring generosity to others. And some of you may say, uh, my, name's, uh, my name's Matt and I'm goofy. I'm just really goofy. I don't know if there's a spiritual gift of goofiness, but I'm gonna use that gift of goofiness and I'm gonna go ahead and connect to the youth. And I'm just gonna be goofy for Jesus. The scripture does say we become fools for Christ and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be foolish for him just to connect one person. And I can say, and then this went on and on, and then I have a vision that my name's Jack, and I'm a pastor, a leader, and I'm no different from anybody else. I'm a preacher, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. My gift is leadership and pastoring, and I'm no different, but I love taking people on a journey from where they don't know Christ or struggling with it to come to an ongoing, awesome relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only thing I love. That's the only thing I care about is to have people become, find the gift within them so we can truly be the priesthood of all believers. That's my vision. And I truly hope that you capture it and you find the giftedness in you. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Um, today, now we're going to go to our prayer time. I'm going to ask the Stephen ministers to go ahead and come up because I've got to get set up a little bit here. And we're going to go um, to our closing song today. Um, and before we, leave, before we leave today, don't worry. I'm gonna go, I usually go ahead and give a blessing over the food before we, we get there so that when you get there, you can eat and don't have to wait for me. Um, so let's just uh, bow our heads right now and, and pray, if you will. Please stand. Go ahead and stand right here. Lord God, we come to you again today, and we just thank you once again for just bringing your word to us just helping us um, renew our commitment and our desire to you, that God, that you have placed in us a dynamic gift that if we don't use God, the, the church suffers, but more importantly, this world suffers. And so, Lord, in the remaining time, as we go to this time called our prayer time, I just ask that you just reach out to everybody here today and you have them help discover their, char- their charis, their gift, that we can that we can change the world, not by, not by song, not by, uh, not by preaching, but by your spirit and that gift that you've given us. So Lord, in the, in the remaining time here, the altar's open. Some of us may be hurting. Some of us may need a, a special touch from you, a special connection. Whatever it may be, God, today during the remainder of this time, meet us where we are and give us a new spirit, a new, a new way to serve you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The altar's open. Please come up.
praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. you have a great week but before i'm gonna go uh, we know next week how to deal with difficult people so you know what that means god is going to give you difficult people <laughs> right now i'm gonna ask the kids come through they're gonna come in and bring out in the boxes that they wrapped all right you ready drum roll there they come there we go there we go there they are look at this here they come watch it grow Keep them coming, right?
They just keep coming. Awesome. How awesome that uh, eat, that all these kids are carrying them in, and that they're gonna the ne- one of the next times by the end of this is gonna end up in another kid's hands. That's awesome. I want your hands to fall off before the line stops. There we go. From the Sunday school, sixty. Where the kids put together themselves 60 boxes. Isn't that awesome? All right. So we're not going to pray over these today. We're going to pray over next week so that you can bring more. All right? So there we go. Um, but what I want to do say is uh, have an awesome week, and I'm going to pray. Again, if you, if you uh, didn't bring anything, we have plenty of food down there, plenty of food. We'd love for you to come down. Perryville Park, if you need to know to get down there, there's several people going. Um, who's going? Raise your hand. Who's going to the picnic? All right. There you go. Follow one of them. Grab one of them, and we'll, we'll get you down there. All right, so I'm going to pray for the foods that you can eat before I get down there. Lord God, I just thank you for the service today and our worship, and that um, and God, I'm really excited that we're going to go ahead and, and um, enjoy the caras of the people who made food. Um, and so we're going to go down there. We're going to have fun. We're going to connect. And, uh, and God, um, may we just have an awesome week in you, and we ask for this in all, all things in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, have a great week. Say hi to somebody you don't recognize.